Let's turn this morning to the book of 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, and of course today is uh, focused on serving in different ministries and a ministry involvement Sunday, and as I mentioned just a few moments ago uh, in our announcement time, I'll give you some things at the end of the message this morning. I want you to be thinking on them and praying over them, and however the Lord leads you to serve, and that's where, where, where I want to encourage you to serve. Don't, don't get involved in a ministry because your friend is involved in a ministry. Get involved in the ministry because you believe God wants you to get involved in the ministry. Now, if a friend invites you to serve with them, you ought to consider doing it. And maybe the Lord will use that uh, to get you in a place of service. But uh, I'll say more about that at the end of the message. But I want to jump right into the message this morning because I do have uh, several truths, several things I want us to get, in, uh, get uh, uh, down this morning. And I will say, as we look at the new year 2023 in a double portion... God's been good to us. God's blessed us. I want, I want a double portion. Uh, I preached on that last Sunday. If you were not here uh, this last Sunday, I would encourage you uh, to go online and listen to those messages about uh, what the Bible says about a double portion, how it's available to us, what it means to have a double portion. And I certainly want uh, our church to have a double portion uh, of, of the Lord's Spirit. I want to, you as a Christian, your family, to have a double portion. And I want God to do great things through us in the year to come, if we are going to have a double portion, if we're going to double uh, our attendance as we've set a goal to do, uh, that I believe is very important for us to grow as Christians. And a way that we grow is through serving, is through ministering to others. And so I want to focus on that this morning, and then we'll do it again this evening. But First Thessalonians chapter number 1, I'm going to read the entire chapter this morning, all 10 verses. And so follow along with me, if you will, in chapter number 1 of the book of First Thessalonians. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and, and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I want you to notice verse number 9, which we'll take our text from this morning. We'll refer to the other verses in just a few moments. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Paul writes this letter to the Christians, uh, the Thessalonians. Uh, these are obviously saved people, but... 
they're serving people. And uh, this morning, uh, I want to speak on this subject, serving the true and living God. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this right here. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house today. And Father, we thank you for the word of God and what it means to us. We thank you for salvation, and we thank you for the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that as we hear the word of God, may the Spirit of God speak to us. If there's one unsaved, and may they realize that Jesus died for their sins and that without Christ shed blood, there would be no hope. Uh, but through him, salvation can be obtained. And Father, I pray that there's one uncertain they will get that settled today. May your people be reminded of the importance of serving, the importance of serving their Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We find in this chapter, I believe, some great truths this morning, and I have a few more uh, points I want to bring out this morning, so I'll get right into the message today. But we see in our text verse this morning, verse number nine, a statement uh, that we all ought to take attention to. At the end of that verse, uh, the Bible says, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Uh, let me say, this reminds us this morning that each and every one of us is serving someone. Uh, before they met Christ, before they received salvation, they were serving idols. They were serving false gods. Uh, it is what was uh, occupied their mind. It is what they took consideration of. And they would go through their routines that society and, and religion would place on them. They served idols. Now they are serving the true and living God. This reminds me, it should remind all of us, that you're serving somebody. Uh, hopefully this morning you're serving the true and the living God. I think of the Apostle Paul, who uh, the Lord used to write this letter to these Christians. He was serving uh, religion. He was serving his own flesh. He was serving, if you will, the false gods of that time. And when he met Christ, he began to serve the true and the living God. Man cannot be neutral when it comes to service. God created man to serve. Everybody is going to serve somebody. You'll hear it in our society today. Well, I just don't believe in God. I just don't believe it because I don't believe in that. I don't serve. You're serving yourself. Uh, you're your own God. Uh, we ser we're going to serve someone. And may we, as a Christian, put the, the emphasis and the effort in serving the true and living God. And let me just say today, we don't serve a false God. We don't serve a graven image. We don't serve an idol. Say, Pastor, why do you get so excited and animated about this? Because I am serving the true and the living God. I'm serving the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. That is who we serve. I'm looking forward to going to Israel in just a few weeks, Lord willing. And we're going to go to that 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 that, that um, garden area and that empty tomb, and you can't find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ because He is alive and He is well, and that is who we serve. By the way, He's coming again. He's going to come again. You are serving somebody. I just I like serving the true and living God. I'll use a sports analogy if you'll allow me. There are some uh, different levels of those who care about sports. There are some who knows that knows that sports exist. That's about the extent of it. Uh, they they know that balls are different shapes. That's the extent of it. They know some people get depressed because of sports, and some people are happy because of sports, and, and some people are angry because of sports, and some people are all of those things because of sports, depending on the season. 
Well, there's different levels. There's some that's like, huh, we won, great. We lost, great. And there's some who go into a deep, dark depression when their team comes up short. And then there's some that are called champions that are just happy all the time. Anyway, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're just diff- there's just different levels of, of those, those who serve. I mean, there's some that's like, you know, if I, have to, I have to wear these certain colors, and I can't wear these colors. And, what, sir, why do you want that color car? Because that is the kind of color of my favorite sports team. Why won't you drive that color car? Because that is the color of the car of the rival. Sir, nobody's thinking about that. I'm thinking about that. There are different levels. There are some who name their children according to their favorite sports team. Some of you are thinking right now, that's why they call me that. What I'm saying is there's different levels. We're a different level of a fan. And friend, when it comes to serving the true and living God, well, if there's anything you and I ought to sell out for, it is serving the true and the living God. Uh, the scripture points out, as, he, as Paul writes to these Christians, you've turned from idols to serve the living and true God. We turn from those idols for salvation because you can only find salvation through Christ. You can't find salvation through any man. You can't find salvation through any religion. You can't find salvation through any graven image. You can only find salvation through the gospel through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we turn from serving idols. We turn from serving this world system. The Bible reminds us Jesus also taught his disciples, no man can serve two masters. You'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve two masters. So if we take the the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we apply it to this verse of Scripture, you can't serve idols and the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this mentality today of coexist, the Lord is not going to share His throne with anyone. Well, we can just have peace. There will come a day when there will be peace when Jesus takes His rightful place as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says, Every knee shall bow. Why is there going to be peace then? Because every knee shall bow and confess the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see we turn from idols. If you want to serve the Lord in these days ahead, you may have to turn from some things that you're serving so that you can serve him in a greater way. As there there are ministries put in front of us, opportunities to serve in front of us, we say, well, that doesn't fit into my schedule. You may have to set something down so that you can pick something up. You may have to take something out of your schedule so you can put something in your schedule. You may have to take some of your energy that you use for other things, and some of them would be no profit at all. They don't profit you. They don't profit anybody else. Some might be profitable. Would you say, if I'm going to serve the Lord in a greater way, I'm going to have to turn from to turn to. Say, well, why can't it all just work together? Well, you're going to have to decide, am I here to serve idols or am I here to serve the living and true God? Say, Pastor, as you put the emphasis on us all serving and Every member serve and 
every child of God serving him. And you put that, 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 that emphasis, and I'll even use the word pressure. You put that pressure, friend. There should be no pressure. We're talking about the true and living God. We're talking about the Almighty. We're talking about the one uh, who has provided salvation for you and I. We're talking about the one who, who created us, the one who keeps our heart beating this morning, who gives us the breath from which to draw so that we might live another moment, another day. We should not need to be convinced to serve the true and living God. Honest, it'd be as straightforward as I can this morning. We ought to be asked the question, why would we not want to serve the true and the living God? There are six things this morning, and I'll be aware of the time. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop at any time soon, but I will be aware of it. I'll let you know that. No, I want to move through these things quickly so that you and I can be reminded of what happens when we serve the true and living God. It's not a trivial matter for you and I to serve. God saved us all from our sin. If you're saved this morning, He saved you from your sin. What a gift. And by the way, if you've never got that settled, He will save you from your sin. If you put your faith and trust, if you put your faith in him, if you'd repent from your unbelief and turn to your belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, he can save anybody who wants to be saved. But he saved us, not just from our sin, he saved us so that we can serve him. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place beyond what our human mind can even comprehend. We'll have our glorified bodies. We'll have the mind of Christ. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no new variant. There's no, 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 no all of these things. Nothing. It's paradise. paradise. You and I will, well, there'll be no funeral homes. There'll be no hospitals. There'll be no goodbyes. We'll have our, our glorified body. Heaven is more, is more wonderful than you and I could even imagine. But when we're in heaven, you know what we're going to be doing? Serving. Serving. Well, I just, I just, that serving is beneath me. Well, you're not going to like heaven. We're going to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But as we look into this passage of Scripture and we think of serving the true and living God, there are six things I want to point out this morning that I think will be evident when we turn from idols to serve the living and true God. And I believe these things are going to illustrate the impact that it can make not just in your life, God doesn't, God is supernatural. He doesn't have to have you and I. But he's willing to use you and I because of what, what it'll do for others, but what it'll do for us. To use our life to be a help and a blessing to his cause. We look at this, and I believe these things are evident as we look at the, the, the first chapter. And if, Let me say, number one, it shows an obvious conversion. These who turn to God from idols to serve, to serve the living and true God. It's one thing to take what he offers that benefits us. It's another thing to take it so that we can serve him. I believe it shows an obvious conversion, verses 4 through 6. In verse number 4, Paul writes, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. He's speaking of their salvation. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction and the joy of the Holy Ghost. They say, knowing 
your election of God, knowing your salvation. When you serve the Lord, it shows an obvious conversion. Why would somebody who was on their way to hell and now on their way to heaven not want to serve the one who saved them? Why is somebody who, who, who has done so much in their life and prepared their eternity, why would they not want to save them? You should not, I believe this, as a pastor, I'm not begging anybody to serve God. He's worthy to be served. And I believe that if you're saved, if you're a child of God, one of the ways that it is obvious and evident is when you're serving Him. When you're serving Him. It said obvious shows an obvious conversion, that gospel that we receive, knowing. And that's one of the reasons why I don't have much time to, I don't have time to say much about this morning. That's one reason why God gave us a church, so we'd have an avenue to serve. Because as a child of God, we should be serving. This morning, no matter who you are, and I've been saying this leading up to the day, and I'm going to put the information in your hand, no matter who you are, there is a place you can serve. There's something you can do. There's a way that you can have a Heart. I used this as an illustration uh, 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 last week, perhaps. Uh, you know, even the trainer on the world championship teams gets a championship ring, and they never throw a pitch, they never get a hit, but they're on the team. Friend, the time's going to come, and we're going to kneel at the feet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there's going to be people in that celestial city that were reached by this church. And whether you sang in the choir or preached the message or held the door or cleaned the restroom or pushed a, a, a vacuum cleaner, you're going to have a part in what God has done in God's work. It shows an obvious conversion. Number two, it's an acknowledgement of the investment by others in you. When we turn from idols and turn to serve, the true and living God, it is, an, it is an acknowledgment of the investment by others in you. Verse number two, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Uh, Paul continues to write about how they brought the gospel, how they knew the sincerity they had. Paul is now taking the time to write them to give them the instruction. Paul was concerned about them. But I think number two, besides what those things I've mentioned, verse number two kind of sums it all up. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Think about the encouragement this much have been for these, these ordinary, everyday Christians, nobody knows who they are, nobody knows their name, but they had received Christ because of the efforts of God's people. And now they're getting instruction written to them, and right out of the beginning of the letter, he says, it reminds them that we have been praying for you. And friend, if you want to show some gratitude uh, to those who gave you the gospel, to those who nurtured you along, those who prayed for you when you didn't even know they were praying for you, those that faithfully stood in front of you and taught a Sunday school lesson so that you could learn the Word of God, those that would just offer you a smile and encouragement and, and maybe a ride to church, if you really want to show your gratitude, serve the Lord. It is an acknowledgement of the investment of others in you. Nobody got where they are without somebody investing in them. 
We are all the product of other people's investment. Every one of us. I, I'll, I, you could give your own testimony. I'll, since I have the, the microphone this morning, I'll give testimony. I stand here today as an investment of others in my life. I have to serve God. I have to serve Him because He saved me. I have to serve Him because I deserve hell, but that's not my future. My future is heaven because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. I have to serve Him. I, he has to be my priority. He has to be my focus. Why is that? Because I'm not going to hell. My sins have been forgiven. I have to find some way to serve Him. I may not be able to serve Him as others can serve Him, but there's a way that I can serve Him. I have to do it. But I have to do it not just because He's worthy of it. I have to do it because there's others who have invested in me. And they have prayed for me. And they have taught me. And they, they have encouraged me. I have to do it, and for me to say I'm going to serve God with my life is an acknowledgement. Is an acknowledgement. You want people to know that you appreciate what you've done for them? Serve God. I've been pastoring this church now for 10 years, and I appreciate the Christmas cards, and I appreciate the, 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 the birthday cards that you're going to bring me next month. I, pre I, appreciate, I appreciate all the, the, the texts, and I appreciate the emails, and I appreciate the on the way out the door. Pastor, uh, we appreciate what you do, but the greatest way that you can show me that you appreciate me being your pastor is just to serve our God is just to serve the Lord Jesus Christ because that is the greatest thing that we can do. Hey, you young people who've grown up in a Christian home and you young people that sit over here and you young adults, you wouldn't be there if it wasn't for a mom and dad who made sacrifices. You wouldn't be there if it wasn't for a pastor and youth workers and Sunday school teachers and Christian school teachers. You wouldn't be where you are without them. Well, how do I say things? Serve God. Serve Him. When you serve him, it is an acknowledgement of the investment by others in you. I wonder if these Christians, when they thought about quitting, they didn't, they didn't have you know, the, the media, social media things to keep up with so they could get their encouragement from. I wonder if they ever, I, I've got to keep going. Paul's praying for us. We've got to serve God. They're praying for us. They've invested in us. Friend, we ought to be willing to stay in the fight just because of who God is. But let's be honest, we don't always have our eyes focused on the Lord. But if in those times when we're discouraged, if we think of a faithful Christian who invested in us and that keeps us in the fight, Boy, serve. When you serve, you say, okay, so-and-so is not here anymore. Maybe they're in heaven. But my serving makes it obvious. It's an acknowledgement of their investment in me. Number three, we find those who are serving the living and true God. Number three, it follows the example set for you. Not only was there an investment made into these Christians, there was an example set for these Christians. Let me say this, and I'll, and I'll point you to a verse of Scripture. God's people have always served. It's an example that has been set 
from the days of Scripture. They've always served. Jesus taught the greatest is the servant. Jesus came as a servant. Uh, we are to serve. When we turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, it follows the example set for us. Look at verse number 6. And ye became followers of us. Well, pastor, shouldn't they only follow Christ? Well, let's keep reading. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. These, these men, Paul got the doctrine, he got the word from Jesus himself. Then set the example, and they were to take that example and set the example, and take that example and set the example. It follows the example set for us. I said a moment ago, we didn't get where we are without the investment of others. We didn't get where we are without following the example of others. And by the way, you know why you should serve? So you can set an example. It follows the examples set for you. God's people have always served. It, it bothers me, it bothers me greatly to have a generation who've taken the benefits of the examples set for them. We see it in our nation today. They've taken the benefits of, of, of faithful people who are faithful with their tithes and faithful with their offerings and sacrifice so, so, so that there could be a Christian school and sacrifice so there could be a youth ministry and sacrifice so that there's a, there's a church to go to and, 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 and as an example of service. And, and, and for, for 20 and 30 and 40 years, we'll serve. That, that is an example to follow. Hey, more than you should follow somebody's talent, follow their service. Follow their service. Let me tell you what's going to be blessed in heaven. Service. God's not going to acknowledge that the Lord's not going to give out those credits. Okay, who was the most talented? Not that, that, not that talent's a bad thing, but you've got to use it to serve. He didn't give you a voice because you're going to be the next American idol. He gave you a voice to sing unto him. He didn't give you the ability to, well, all those little lines and circles that go on a, on a staff so you can play a, play a horn for your own enjoyment. He allowed you to learn that so that you could play for him. He didn't give you the abilities he gave you to serve yourself or to serve this world. Matter of fact, it's the way it's always been. It's an example that's set before us. Those that have served, that leads me right into number four, the two tied together. To serve the true and living God, it sets an example for other believers. You know, I, I'm thankful that there's been an example for me to follow. I, I, I don't consider myself an old man, but I certainly can't consider myself a young man. I guess you could say I'm perfect. I'm right there in the middle. But I, I'm old enough to know that there's an example of service that I follow, but I'm aware enough that I understand that my service is going to set an example for others. And what I'm afraid is taking place in many churches today, there was a generation that served and another generation that came behind that was willing to follow an example, was not willing to set one. And the way that God's church continues on, there's not a problem with the church. There's not a problem with the Word of God. 
But what we do is, is sometimes we have a tendency to reap all the benefits of others serving. There was others there praying for us. There was others there faithfully teaching us. There was others showing, taking the word of God and say, this is the character you need to learn how to work and, and to keep a job and to have a family and have a home and to, and, and, to do, and, and to learn and grow. And if you follow the principles in this book, you'll grow spiritually, but you'll grow as a person too. And people serve so that we could have. But when Paul writes and says... You've turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. It was an, it was an acknowledgment. It was, it, was, it, was, it was evident that they were setting an example for other believers. Look at verse number 7. So that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. He's saying you were the examples to all the other Christians in that area. The way you served. What a standard to set. There's one thing to hashtag serve. It's another thing to take time out of your schedule to do it. And it sets an example for other believers. See, this is why it's important. There's other people that you know that are saved. But maybe they're apathetic in their, in their walk with the Lord. As we looked at the life of Moses this morning, maybe they're at a place when they're discouraged. Is it worth it? But here comes that crazy neighbor or that coworker. What'd you do for the weekend? Well, on Saturday I was down the church doing this, and Sunday I was doing this. And why, why are you using all your stuff? I'm serving the true and living God. You don't have to preach them a sermon. You don't have to lecture them. But when people see that God is important, and other Christians see. There's Christians all over the Jacksonville area, and I'll just say it, they aren't serving. Because it's true in, in, in the Christian world. The percentage is way too low of Christians that serve. You say, well, Pastor, what should the percentage be? A hundred percent. But you, there are other Christians who are not serving, and if you're serving, you know what it says? God's important enough for me to change my schedule. God's important enough for me to get up a little earlier in the morning. God's important enough for me to, there may not be anything wrong with this hobby at all. There may not be anything wrong with this thing I enjoy. But if I have to serve the Lord, and I may have to set that down so that I can pick up this area of service. It sets an example for other believers. We say God is important. We say serving Him is their priority. But are we living that? Somebody has to set the example. Dad, in your own home, don't send mom to serve as the representative of your family. You set the example and serve. Mom, you serve too. But kids, y'all give God your life and and you've got opportunities I didn't have. Y'all serve him. No, it doesn't matter when God saves you. If you've got breath in your body, you ought to serve him. Amen. Set the example. Well, if you're, if you're going to have any kind of leadership, and I'll use that term in the church, it's, it ought to be because you're serving. Set the example. It sets an example for other believers. Number five. To serve the true and living God, it provides a witness to the lost. 
verse number 8, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Your service and dedication, as the church began to spread, the gospel began to spread, say in your whole region, we don't have to say a thing. Your testimony of turning from idols to the true of living God, turning from serving them to serving the true and living God, nothing else needs to be said. Hear me very carefully. And this is not popular in churches today, but it needs to be said. Christians are going to give an account for more people dying going to hell than Hollywood will. I'm not going to that church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. You're a hypocrite. We should serve the Lord. Pastor, we, we, need to, we need to get, we need to get in, in, in on the media. We need to spread all the word. And we need to do, I'm forgetting the gospel out any way we can get it out. But if we, listen to me, if we would just go to work tomorrow excited about serving God, that would preach a louder sermon. That would preach a realer sermon than anything that I can preach from behind this pulpit. Because it's a life that says my God is important enough to me that I'm going to change my schedule. I'm going to change my priorities. I'm going to serve him. Nothing else would need to be said. But that church down there, they put God first. They believe in serving God. They believe in, in, in serving him through ministry. It is it provides a witness to the lost. The reason why there's a lot of... Do not try and convince me that people in this world aren't looking for the truth. I believe they're looking for it today more than they have in a long, long time, if not ever. Our nation is ripe for revival. Because there is a, 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 a groundswell of, of, of the people know the media has been lying to them. They know the government, Democrat and Republican, have been lying to them. They know this religion of, 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 of serving yourself has done nothing for them. They just want somebody. They may not like the way it's said. They may not like the way it sounds. But would somebody please just tell me the truth? We have Christians who say one thing, but God's not worthy of serving enough to even get themselves out of bed. But hunting season. Football season. You know what it says to this world? God's not that important. There's, there's so-called atheists that would believe in God if Christians did. By serving him. You didn't think the day was going to be like this, did you? It provides a witness to the laws. Your service for God. You know why? And this is uncomfortable, but we needed, we needed to hear it. You know why? People are converting to Islam because the Muslim believes it. All we have to do is just trust Christ by faith. And by the way, there's only one truth, and it comes from this book. 
There's only one way. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. All I'm trying to get to see, and this is a good reminder for your pastor even, that service preaches a message. The fact that I'm going to use my life to serve God is a testimony to the lost. And then number six, in order to serve the living and true God, it requires a faithful life. Let's read verse 9 and 10 again. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Semicolon. The thought is continuing in verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say because you may, be, you may not be able to serve how you used to serve, but you can serve, you're serving him in a different capacity today. But I don't want the Lord to come back and find me used to serving him, meaning I have served him in the past. These individuals, it was said of them, that they had turned to God, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son. Pastor, how long do we serve? Until Jesus comes back or until he calls us home. Faithful. Faithful. Oh, I thank, praise the Lord for this church and the people of this church. This is such a unique church it's made up of different generations and i praise god that we have those if you'll permit me to say it the the gray-haired saints or even the no-haired saints although you don't have to be gray-haired to be anyway those you've been at and you're still faithfully serving god maybe not how you did 40 years ago but you're still serving god but i thank god for the young people who are serving, and everybody in between. I thank God for those that have been saved for decades and those that have been saved for a short time, those that have been members here for decades and those that have been members here for a short time. It takes all of God's church to serve. But may we all determine that we're going to serve until Jesus comes. How long... Should Paul pray for these until God called him home? How long should we pray until Jesus comes back? How long should we serve until Jesus comes back? They didn't know when he would come. Obviously, he did not come in their lifetime because we're still here. But they lived believing he would because it was a promise that was made. They got up with urgency every day. Today could be the day that Jesus comes back. I'm going to serve him today. Well, he didn't come today. Tomorrow's a new day to serve him. And maybe the affairs of life in, got in their way as they do in ours, and circumstances take place, and maybe they got distracted and they 
found themselves, again, I'll reference a Sunday school lesson this morning, like Moses sitting at the well. Plans didn't work out. Dreams were gone, he thought. What am I supposed to do? But they could get back up and say, you know what? I'm going to serve him anyway. I'm going to keep going and serving him. They didn't do it perfectly. They didn't do it perhaps the way that they wanted to do it. But they were determined to live a faithful life. May you and I grasp the importance of serving our God. If God has provided a way for you to serve Him as you stand in front of a class and teach, you do it until the Lord comes back, until you're physically not able to do it. If the Lord has enabled you to serve in the capacity of an usher, you do it until Jesus comes back, assuming you can find your way around, or until you physically cannot do it anymore. Whatever area God has given you, you're behind the scenes, and you may push a vacuum cleaner. You may clean something. You may do something that nobody knows about, but I promise you there's one that does know about it. If nobody around the church recognizes what I do, he does. Those kids that you drag along with you, they see it. And oh, it may be a not, a not a great task, but you know what it tells those kids that are growing up in your home? Boy, that's worth doing for God. That's worth doing for Him. Why are we doing Because Because God is worthy of it. It all came about because there was a decision that was made. We're going to turn from idols to the true and living God to serve the true and living God. Friend, today it is important for you and I to serve Him. He's worthy of it. Well, what do saved people do? Serve God. Well, how do we serve Him? You serve Him in the capacities that He brings your way. You being in church today, I believe, is an act of obedience, but I believe it's an act of service. Throughout the church, you have a ways of, of, of serving. Doing why, why, why are you coming back early? Well, we got to have choir practice. That's where I serve. Why? I mean, you didn't like your own kids. Why are you watching other kids in the nursery? Well, that's an area I serve. There's too big a response on that, by the way. It's serving him. It's serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Friend, I believe that we could have revival in our nation. And I believe we could point the eyes of this world to the only one who could save them. If we'd have a revival in our own hearts. Of he loved me enough to save me. I'll use every moment I have. Every bit of strength I have as long as he gives me life to serve him in whatever capacity I can serve him in. Well, Pastor, there's a, there's, there's a cost to that. Have you ever thought of the cost to pay for your sins? Well, well there's, there's dreams I want. Have you ever thought of the sweat drops of blood? Not my will, 
but thine. Well, well, there's, there's, there's things that will be left undone. Perhaps the greatest legacy you and I will leave behind is the things that we left undone so that we could do that which would last for eternity. Can it be said about the Emmanuel Baptist Church? They turned from their idols to serve the true and living God. And around Jacksonville, Florida, nothing else needs to be said. Could it be said of your home? Well, say what you want about them, but they believe it. I don't understand it. But they believe it enough that they're going to focus their own, their whole life around it. Maybe said about us as an individual that we serve the true and living God. This morning, I'm not preaching a message on do you know the true and living God. I'm assuming you do if you don't. May the scriptures introduce you to the true and living God. May today be your day of salvation. But if you're a Christian today, are you serving the true and living God? Is it your focus? Well, I give God what's left over in my schedule. That's not the right priority. I give God what's left over in my, in my, in my strength. That's not the right priority. God should have the best. He should be the focus. May we consider these things as we ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that you would use...